You are listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, Diana Osagi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside stories of leadership. Today's episode features a guest sharing their mistakes, mishaps and triumphs. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Courageous Leadership Podcast. My guest is here, Andy Buck, and I'm going to go over to you, Andy, straight away. Tell us what you do for a living. So I am now a freelance leadership coach, trainer, and keynote speaker, and I write passionate about coaching, passionate about the the difference that school leaders can make for pupils. So anyone that is interested in that, is interested in working with me, that's what I do. Fantastic. So when you say you're passionate... What does a passionate Andy look like? <laughs> I get excited um, <laughs> because, you know, I, I did a few jobs. I, I worked in television a little bit before I went into teaching and, but actually didn't really enjoy it, even though I thought I really wanted to do it. And, and, and when I started working in communities where you, you know, you're just seeing the reaction of what you do, mm. you know, whether you're a teacher or a leader in a school, you, you, you're talking to the client, you know, the, the young people you're working with and their parents all the time and seeing the difference that you and your colleagues are making. And, and I just love that, especially, you know, I've always worked in, 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 in communities that need a bit of a leg up sometimes and so yes. you can make that really big difference and you can really see it and i love that i love that but sense of belonging and making a difference okay so prior to the session i asked you to think about a mistake a mishap and a triumph from your leadership journey and the idea is that you are brutally honest with the listeners because they often see successful leaders in their glory time in their glory moment and they don't get to see or hear about the things that went a bit awry. Yeah. And it's important that they know that, you know what? It, things go pear-shaped, sometimes really pear-shaped. So let's start. You start where you want. Mistake, mishap, or triumph. Which one do you want to start with? Let's go with mistake and get that Surely. out of the way. <laughs> get it out of the way. <laughs> so I'd not been ahead long. And in right. fact, I was, I was in the middle of moving house and was living, on a, living in a caravan on the site of what is now the Olympic Park, because the place that I had bought needed work, but I couldn't buy it unless I'd sold the flat that I was in in London. So, so my life was a little bit chaotic, but I was also a new head. And I remember just getting a sense that behaviour in the school was diminishing. And as, a, as the head of a school, you... You know, I certainly, I think many heads do, you kind of take that quite personally. You know, everyone looks to you and, ooh, new head behaviour's going down. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, you know, I had a little look at what was going on and we, we knew we needed to do some changes to the way we were doing it. And one of the things that emerged was that sometimes pupils were being given detentions, which I think, I absolutely think there's a place for detentions. I'm not one of those no detention advocates, as long as they're productive experiences and, and help to right the wrong, mm-hmm. as it were. But it turned out that children, quite a lot of children, weren't turning up to their detentions. And we didn't really have a very good system for managing it. And I remember going home one Friday when Sue, who, who I used to see wander over the playground to my office sometimes, she was both a parent of a child in the school, the chair of the Parent Teacher Association and a school governor, and she was a teaching assistant at the school. So what she didn't know about what was going on on the front line wasn't worth knowing, really. And she came over just on Friday night. And it's awful when you have these conversations on yeah. Friday night. 
yeah. school leader. It plays on your mind. And she said, you know, she was the one that was saying, I just don't think people are going to detentions. I think, you know, and she gave me some examples and the rest of it. So I was stewing on this and I came up with the, you know, I came up with the answer. Right? Yes, I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> didn't, didn't talk to anybody else. You know, this is where mistakes happen when you just think you've got the answer and you don't, yeah. don't consult, you don't check it out, even with the senior team. So I did a staff briefing as normal on a Monday morning with what the new plan was. And then it was my turn to do assemblies for the whole school. So I was I did my three whole school assemblies on a road. So that's the way we started the week and announced the new proposals, which was that, you know, if you didn't turn up for detention with the teacher the second detention, you were in detention with me. Oh, <laughs> I can see so where this is going. <laughs> you can completely see where this is going. Yes. So, so this was the, you know, this was the head leading from the front, being supportive yeah. of the staff, exerting some authority, all the rest of it. Well, it worked for about two days. Yeah. Um, what, what we then noticed was that staff were setting more detentions because they thought, well, if they don't turn up, then our bucky will sort it out. And before I knew it, we had more than we could manage. And not only that, they, they weren't always coming to my detention. <laughs> so it was an absolute disaster. And we tried it for a while. And then I realized I was on a hiding to nothing. And I actually said to all of the staff, and that's the power when you make a mistake, is, is yeah. actually admitting it and saying, look, I was wanting to do the right thing. This hasn't worked. Of course it hasn't worked. Anyone with any sense would have known it wasn't going to work. I'm surprised <laughs> someone didn't even come and tell me, but you probably thought, well, we'll let him work this out for himself. <laughs> uh, so then I sat down with all the middle leaders, heads of year, heads of curriculum, yeah. and worked out what solution. You need. And then you get the classic tiered system of if it doesn't work there, it gets referred and da 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 da, -da. Oh. And then I was at the top of the pyramid of that and then that was and that was brilliant but yeah big mistake so uh, and the mistake was too, mistake, too, yeah of not yeah, consulting and, and their response to their, and it was about poor decision making where i was allowing unconscious biases mm -hmm. and emotions to influence my decision making i was emotional about it i had some some drivers that i wanted to show i cared and i wanted to support staff but i wasn't doing it in the right way good like it, thank you. I think there's gonna be a, a good few head teachers and other leaders in organizations who know, I'm gonna sort this, <laughs> and they sort it, and it goes, no, 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 that, that's, not, that's not the way, brilliant. Where do you wanna go next, Andy? A mishap or a triumph? Well, I'd like to finish with what I think, yeah, it might be a triumph with the miss. so let's do the mishap Go next. on then. So this is really about underperforming member of staff. Because the more senior you get in leadership, it seems to me the biggest decisions you make are about people, both the good people that you encourage and promote and the not so good people that you either help to get better to be as good as they can be and need to be or that you help move on. Yeah. And I, I remember going on, an, before I was ahead, I went on an industrial society training programme. They don't do them for schools anymore, but they did do one that was very, very good. And the programme is called Back Me or Sack Me. And, and the clarity of, you know, as a leader, you are either 100% supporting someone and doing everything that needs to be done to do that, or you're very clear that you've, you know, you're always going to do that first, at least I assume leaders will, but you're also very clear about what's the return on the investment that I'm getting for all of this effort that we're putting in, whoever it is that's putting in the support, and, and reviewing a few weeks later, has the situation improved? And sure. if it hasn't, because in my, I did two headships, and in my first five years, I wasn't very good at being brutal about that moment in time when you review it, and then you decide, are we still backing or are we sacking? Got it. Um, you can very easily, without realising, because you think, well, it's sort of improved a bit. 
let it drift. And before you know it, a year's gone by. And if you work in primary, I worked in secondary, but if you work in primary, that if that's a class teacher, that's yes. a whole year of education yes. where they're not being given the deal that they deserve. So although it sounds a bit brutal, it, it, it's, I think, you know, you're back first, of course you do, but you're also very clear about, is, is it right? Because if it's not working, it's probably not right for them either. Yes. So the the mishap is where with someone, well, I went through all of this process, lots of support, good feedback, et cetera, et cetera. And we got to a point where it wasn't working. And I had that difficult conversation with someone. I knew that it was going to be hard for them to take in and digest. So I also had a letter in which I was saying the things that I was well, saying. Yeah. And so I then said, you know, here's what I'm saying. Uh, have a read of have a read of this. This is a summary of what I've just been saying to you, and then I'll come back and have a conversation with you about where we go from here. Right. And so I, I just gave him a bit of time to think, and you know, the person was a bit upset, and sometimes you just need to give people a bit of time and space to. Yeah. Anyway, so about ten minutes later, I went back, and she'd gone. <laughs> she'd left the room, really upset, and in fact, left. left in fact, left the premises, um, and was was off for not for a couple of days yes and then and then came back and tendered her resignation right which i then said to the senior team look this is what's happened she's obviously decided it's not right and wants to so so in a way it was a result um it yeah. was then the easter holiday it was in the easter holidays and then during the easter holidays there was a, a kind of dialogue and a kind of retraction and right you know if i if I'm honest, I, I, you know, I should have just held, held my line because I think that probably was the right thing for all concerned, but I didn't. The senior team said, well, you know, how do we treat people and all the rest of it? So, so, so I, with, I, I accepted her withdrawal of the resignation. So the whole thing just got very, very messy. And, you know, there wasn't a clarity of process or thinking or, and emotions again come into play. Yeah, yeah. But what I should have done, the reason it became a mishap really is because I should have stuck to my guns and sometimes you know you're you're a great fan of the notion of courageous leadership absolutely I just, yeah I, I kind of just lost it in that moment and so, so it's a kind of mishap in some senses because the whole thing just sort of I, I kind of lost control of it but there were mistakes in there as well that as was well. the reason that happened I think really so it's a bit of a double whammy really oh my goodness I could just imagine your face when you came back to the room and she's gone you're like looking under the table thought, oh, okay I'm sure yeah. she was here. <laughs> yeah. What do I do now? This, that wasn't yeah. supposed to happen. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've probably played it over in your mind. I'll say this, then she'll say that, then this will happen. You know, and then that yeah. scenario doesn't happen. It's like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for that one. Go on then. Take us into your triumph moment. Well, I mean, triumph doesn't sound very modest, does it? But <laughs> it's something I'm proud of. I'm really proud of. So my second headship, I was privileged enough to open a brand new school. And yeah. that involved finding a site. You know, when I started, I, there was a cupboard in the days of the local authority CEOs, if you remember them, yes. chief education officer. Yes. And next to his office, next to his office was a cupboard. Yeah, CEO standing for something different then. There was a cupboard next to his office, which he'd had cleared out and there was a desk and some power installed and a light. And that was my office for setting up this new school. All there was was a chair of governors and me, or a governing body and me. So working with local authority colleagues, we found a site. We got a temporary site because the new school wasn't going to be built in time. So we were on a temporary site for three years. But the thing that I'm really proud of is working with the architects, working with the builders to create the most amazing building and we had 
literally hundreds of people. It was just before BSF, so it was a local authority yeah. school, but had hundreds of visitors during BSF, which started just after that. So many so that we had to kind of have a, an audio guide where they literally, you know, had headphones of me talking yeah. them through where they went. We didn't have to give up because we're taking up a huge amount of time. So there was a written and an audio version that told, you know, turn left at the corridor and have a look to your right sort of thing and what you'll notice, the design feature here or what we were thinking. Wow. Um, and it, it influenced, you know, sometimes I go to schools and I see things that were, were influenced in some way or have become part of the kind of concept of building design. And I've, I've been back to it. It's, it's now, gosh, the building is 15 years old and it still looks amazing. It's built from solid concrete, wow. uh, built by a French company called Bouygues. It was their first big project. And then I left the school in 2009 after having been on that final site for, for about four years. And the thing I'm most proud of is, is the combination of that building and the fact that last year it was awarded this is Joe Richardson Community School. It was awarded um, mm -hmm. in the Teaching Awards School of the Year. And the reason I say that, because it was 10 years after I'd left, is that when I left my first headship, it was a, we were, we'd had an Ofsted, we were a good school. 18 months later, it went into special measures. Gotcha. And I was really determined that, uh, you know, I hadn't succession planned. I hadn't left the school robust enough. Right. Combined who came in and did all the things that you probably shouldn't do as a head which is just like change everything before you get to understand the community and, and a combination of probably that and the way I'd left it meant that the school was very fragile and again it was in a challenging environment and so to, to 10 years later with two of the four original senior leaders that set the school up with me Lee Keen and Jez Smith who, who's yeah. gone on to become an executive head still there to get that that you know because it was based on the two things i'm really passionate about which is the culture and climate that you create in a place yeah as the ultimate leader in it and that those things are long lasting and they're not about one person and that was the difference really between the hero head who was you know gonna have everyone coming to his detentions <laughs> yes. to, the, to the person who built a team at the senior and middle leadership we didn't call our middle leaders middle leaders by the way we called them central leaders and it was a central oh. leadership team I because like that, central leaders. So we, had, we had SLT and CLT, and the CLT were the, at the heart of the school, and that's why we, we use that language. And, you know, in a secondary school particular, but it's true of primaries and specials too, but in secondaries particularly, yeah. middle leadership, you know, they are the engine room. And so I think that's my triumph, is the school not going into special measures, but being judged school of the year and the teaching awards 10 years after I'd left. Fantastic. And as you mentioned, the Joe Richardson School, when I was head teacher, I took my staff, oh, I'm sorry, my, when I was deputy head, the head teacher, we all went to visit Joe Richardson School to have a look at the school. Oh, you were one of those? We were one of those who got on the bus and went to East London and had a look. Because oh, we were funny. going through BSF, and BSF, for listeners who don't know, was a massive programme called Building Schools for the Future, where thousands of schools were overhauled or, re or rebuilt or newly built with um, government funding to give schools an opportunity to look like something that people wanted to learn in, I think, because some schools were just, you know, ours included were just awful. Wow, thank you. Thank you. It's just been really interesting just to get to know you, to get to know the man behind the keynote speech, the man behind Leadership Matters. <laughs> so tell us, Andy, if people want to get in contact with you or find out what you're up to, where could they link up with you? So the best way of doing that is probably just my website because I have a kind of homepage that links to all the other things that I do. So there's the Leadership Matters membership website, which we've got, you know, we've got over 15,000 users now across the world. Wow, unbelievable. Okay. I um, it was international, 
Yeah, in its very early days now, we've got the basic coaching method and, yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And then we've got the face-to-face -face work that I do as well. But there's one website, andybuck.org.uk, and my email is on there. All the different things that I do, the charity that I'm setting up, the Started Foundation, which is designed to give support for young people who just need a leg up financially and accessing places like the Brit School, but you know can't necessarily afford the transport. You can get to everything from andybuck.org.uk. Oh, perfect. Listeners, guys, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you online and to just to spend some time with you, Andy. And it's, it's, you're one of the guys that I say, we stand on the shoulders of giants you know, in the, in the profession. And there's people like you who, who pioneered hard ground before us, you know, um, as young bucks. So I think I'm not behind you. So, so again, thank you very much for your, I mean, I say, as, as, as the Americans say, thank you for your service, you know, but thank you for standing. Thank you for standing there and for, and for continuing to shine your light. So once again, thanks to my guest, Andy Buck, for sharing a few honest truths about leadership. And I hope you listening are feeling a little bit less of a numpty. You know that feeling you get, you think, oh my gosh, I mean, could I be any more of a Muppet here? We all make mistakes. But as soon as winter's finished, spring and summer will come around. There's always a triumph moment as well. So do hold on to your triumph moments and don't be scared to talk about it. So once again, thank you, Andy. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Rezaghi, the author of the book, Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or via the website, courageousleadership.co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.